Right now it's Pet Health. Dr Nicole Rouse joins me, Melbourne vet and owner of Mont Albert Veterinary Surgery. Nicole, good evening. Good evening. How are you today? Or tonight, yeah. I should say. Yeah, good, but I, I was talking to someone today whose pet, their dog, was uh, struggling in the humidity. Uh, has it been a problem across the, the last few weeks? Yeah, really. Um, it's interesting. I think it catches us out sometimes. It certainly hasn't been a hot summer overall, but the last few weeks, I think those hot, humid days catch people, um, especially given we have so many dogs these days that are brachycephalic, and by that I mean the slightly squashed in face, the pugs, the bulldogs. And they really struggle, even once the temperature gets to like 22 degrees and over, they really struggle going for a walk. So pet owners definitely have to be very careful in the heat. You wanted to talk tonight about summer treats, and one of the ones I, I didn't, I've never heard of freezing raw bones. Yeah, it was funny. I was, I was just before I was talking to Taylor, I was doing a, um, a posting a TikTok <laughs> on frozen raw bones because um, I gave my two dogs. I've got little four kilogram dogs. Um, I, I cut a frozen raw chicken carcass in half for them as I my husband was still home as I was leaving to go to work, so I was still being supervised. Don't worry. Um, and for a dog, a frozen raw bone can be like an icy pole for them, can't it? So there's lots of things that we can do which are quite fun for them for summer that are kind of like a dog version of an icy pole, help them cool down, good for their mental health, good for their dental health. But I was certainly saying, and I would repeat to your listeners, is you just you obviously have to be careful. You don't want to do something like a frozen raw bone to a dog that's not used to having raw bones because we don't want them to try and guzzle a frozen bone or they could choke on it or chop, chomp too quickly and it could splinter or something. So you, you'd want a dog that's used to eating raw bones um, to do something like that. But there, otherwise, there's lots of other things. Even frozen, um, lots of people these days will cook carrots in, um, and then freeze them as another little option. So lots of different ideas. We'll come back to that shortly. Uh, plenty of callers. Uh, Carol, good evening. Your question for Dr. Nicole Rouse. Yeah, i got three cats. Um, we feed them real good. They eat all most of the time, but the last two days they haven't eaten a thing and uh, they've been throwing up. Oh, gosh, that's no good. I'm sorry oh, to hear dear. that. It's quite distressing when, it, when cats are, are vomiting. I, I guess if there's a couple in the household, and this sort of works for dogs as well, when more than one is doing um, like a gastro-type symptoms. It's similar to a human household. You worry that something contagious has happened so that they have either eaten, um, well, I guess possibly they could have eaten the same off food, if that's possible, and got like all got food poisoning, or one of them has picked up something and they've got a, a bug like salmonella or something like humans get, and then they've given it to the other cat. So it's possible that something infectious has, has happened. They oftentimes will self-resolve a bit like us, a bit of the tincture of time and just they'll just not eat a bit like us. But if they're, they're unwell, like if they just look unwell, you know, they're a bit lethargic and they seem unwell, definitely need to get them down to a bit. Carol, good luck with your uh, unwell cats. Hello, Anne. Welcome to the program. Your question for Dr. Nicole. Yeah, um, I've had my um, little cat. Um, to the vet, and they've checked her out and done um, blood tests and everything. And she's very healthy, but um, I think I've still got her or anything. But she's very, very overweight. Oh, okay, overweight. Um, yeah, yeah. She's only little. She's a she's one of those black and brown tortoiseshell cats. 
Um, but I think she's got a bit of Burmese in her. Um, but she, so she's not a real big cat, but she's that overweight. Like, I think she's about seven kilo or something. And she, like, she walks very funny. She, like, she's very low to the ground sort of thing. So, well, so um, what could Anne do, uh, to Nicole, to sort of uh, maybe, maybe uh, get the, get the dog, uh, get the cat on a, on a diet? Yeah, I find this really common. I think one of the problems with a lot of cat food that's out there is it's very high in carbohydrates or, you know, um, things like wheat and corn and fillers like that. And a lot of cats really struggle with that. They do a lot better on a higher protein diet. So one of the things I would look at is a, a slightly more natural diet or or if they're whatever sort of food you're giving, if you pick something that's higher protein, higher fat and lower carbohydrates, it'll like almost like keto for, for pets, I guess, a bit like that. But it, it kicks out the metabolism. They, a lot of cats really struggle on a high-carbohydrate diet. So definitely look at, at doing something like that and um, even sprinkling their food around or if you've got stairs, putting it on some stairs, they have to do a bit of exercise. Uh, but, yeah, shaking up their balance a little bit often does a trick for them. And thanks for your call and for listening to 3AW Nights. Mark, welcome to the program. Yes, good evening, Nicole. Good evening. How are you going? Good. I'm good. How are you? Good. Uh, we've got a four-year-old female shepherd. Um, eats high-quality homemade food with vegetables, brown rice and uh, minced meat. So her diet is very good. Everything's very good. Her coat's clean. But the last couple of weeks, she's feels like she's got what would be to us inflammation in her legs in the inside of her thigh. So if I put my arms around her stomach and squeeze on the inside of both of her thighs. She's very tight. And I've noticed this from even birth, and I was worried if it's like a hip dysplasia or it's... She won't even jump up on the bed now. Oh, gee. Oh, the poor thing. So just to clarify, it's certainly not on the skin itself. It's more internal, that sort of tightness. It's muscular. Yeah, if I run the tips of all my fingers... And my fingers across the inside of her leg in what would be our inside of our thigh, but not quite yeah. thigh groin. She's really, really tight on that length muscle that goes down to her knee. Yes, yeah, and she's reluctant to jump up and down and stuff. Yeah, she's been a bit yeah, yelpy, so we've picked her up, but yeah. some days she's really good. And it uh, just, just feels like really tightness, but I'm more worried that she has the hips and stuff. That. And when she, when she runs, yeah, when she runs her front leg, she doesn't run, she bounds like a kangaroo. Uh, so what we call like bunny hopping, almost? Yeah, correct, bunny hopping, even flat out yeah. on the front end. Yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. I what definitely to do, Nicole? Her, definitely, first of all, to, so just two things, definitely get her checked by a vet because absolutely with a German Shepherd, they are more prone to hip dysplasia or hip arthritis and other breeds. And the way you're describing that movement is, is quite classic of that. So I would definitely get that checked out. But secondly, um, just for a comment on homemade diets, and I absolutely love fresh food homemade diets. But lots of people do feed mint, rice and veggies. And we just need to remember that um, pets need like a lot of organ meat and bone content to meet their nutritional requirements. So it needs to be like 70% muscle, 10% bone, 10% organ, 10% veg. There's a lot of other bits and pieces. So definitely keep feeding fresh. But unless you've got 
a really balanced recipe. You need to get a balancer in there to tick a few extra vitamins. But, but check out the hits at the vet as well. Mark, thanks for your call. Um, Nicole, you mentioned about um, uh, bones. What, what sort of process would you need to go through to start introducing bones to, to a dog, like to, to do it safely? Yeah, really good question. So um, I guess it depends on the temperament of the dog. Some you'd be a bit more cautious and others you'd be a bit more laid back. So if you if you think that your dog might have a guzzling sort of tendency, I'd go super, super slow with it. The first thing I would say is you need to use um, non-weight-bearing bones. So never pick bones that weight, bear weight. So big leg bones, big arm bones are a big no-no because they break. If they chew too hard on the back teeth, they'll, they'll break that tooth and you're about for a very expensive dental at a vet, trust me. Um, so non-weight-bearing. So necks, tails, ribs, things like that. Um, and then if you can, for the first bone, Pick a bone that's like bigger than the size of the dog's head because they can't guzzle it. So a turkey neck is a really nice first bone because you can almost hold one end of it and that way the dog can chew it and you're not worried they're going to basically just guzzle the whole thing. Um, and they then start to learn. You get more confident. They learn how to chew it. Um, and then last tip is just to make sure you're not doing it so infrequently that it becomes such a high prize reward and then they're almost more tempted again to guzzle it because they never see it, whereas if they see it relatively frequently, it's not as big a deal.